Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. You know, many times I get asked questions that relate to how long I've been ministering, how I how I conduct my businesses, how I do certain projects. And some would say, you know, you've, you're, you're very blessed, you're very successful. And everybody wants to know, how's that possible? To go from being military, active duty, 27 years roughly, and to be a serial entrepreneur, to doing things in my career, in my ministry, and traveling as much as I do, people do ask, how do you do it? Do you ever sleep? Do you ever uh, spend time with your family? Fine. I do sleep. I do, <laughs> uh, I do spend a lot of time with my wife. We have date nights. We have even, based on COVID, couldn't go out to the movies as much. But we do have a, in our house a theater room. So we, we spend the weekends in our theater room just watching big screen television, movies, and playing pool or ping pong and some other activities in our home. So yes, I do spend time with my wife, and she's my best friend, so I'm letting everybody know that's hearing this, that you may say, how is that possible? And my wife would tell you, and maybe I get her on the show one day to <laughs> explain her schedule and how we have much time for each other. The whole thing is, people always evaluate what they see versus evaluate what's real. And what they see, their brains try to analyze, synthesize the information and say, how is it possible you do all those things? How is it possible that you're that successful? Or if you're doing so many things in their mind in a given workday, they feel that it is impossible for you to be that successful. I've heard this all my life. And I just want to give you a little bit of what the formula could be. There's no scientific formula, but people want to know. So I'm going to share this because people do ask me, do I sleep? Do I, you know, take care of myself? It seems like you're just so busy. Everybody always says you're so busy because they objectively assess my life with what their life is. And if somebody can only do one job, but I can do three jobs, then that's just how God designed me. Let me say that again. You may be designed or maybe conditioned to work one full-time job, but I'm designed to where I can handle multiple jobs. I minister, preach four or five times during the week uh, because I'm in the Word every day throughout the week. And the Lord has a lot to say to me and a lot to share with my, my audience here. So, People would ask, how do you do that? Do you sleep? And I'm going to give you, I do sleep. I do go to bed. I stay in a routine in a calendar period, in a calendar of time as well as in a clock time. I stay within a schedule Monday through Sunday, and I know what I'm supposed to do and when I do it. But my time with God is everything. And I even said to some of the people that would ask me, how do you do it? How do you spend all this time doing all these activities and don't you have time with God? My whole life is about spending time with God. And I find that if I spend more time with God, I have more time to do other things. Let me repeat that. The more time I give God, the more time I can do everything else. Now I get up early in the morning 
And the first thing I do after taking care of yourself in the morning, you know, I got to drink fluids, you got to go to the bathroom, all that good stuff. But before I even have my breakfast, I'm in the prayer room, praying, worshiping the Lord, and reading my Bible. I can't, I can't start my day without that. If I'm traveling, I try to do the same thing, even in a hotel room, because that's my routine. And since you're disciplined in a, in a clock schedule or in a calendar schedule, that's what you do. And military life was like that for me as well. So I stay within rhythm of doing the things that I know are important for my life. And I know I have to work out three or four times a week. And I know I got to watch my carb intake. I know I have to drink fluids. All those things that everybody should be in maintenance mode, management mode of themselves. Instead of fixated on what everybody else does or how everybody else is living. So for me, for the sake of just sharing, I do spend a lot of time with my family, my wife. My kids are grown. And I spend time primarily with the Lord. My wife knows that. We share time with the Lord together. But in my work week, in my busy week, I cannot live without morning, noon, and night spending time with God. Now, in the Old Testament, the prophet Daniel spent morning, noon, and night. Jesus prayed morning, noon, and night. The apostles prayed morning, noon, and night. I recommend you seek the Lord and, and pray morning, noon, and night. Your life will change. So again, back to my schedule. Do I spend a lot of time with the family? Yes. Do I spend a lot of time with colleagues and friends? Yes, I do. It's called a balanced management maintenance lifestyle. Everybody can do it if you put God first in your schedule. I always have time for God. More than having time for anything else, I always make time for God. Even on my clock or my phone, I have an app that reminds me I have to drink. <laughs> I have apps that remind me my calorie intake or my pedometer, how many steps. Everybody knows where I'm going with this. But I also use my calendar that says, here are my appointments throughout the day. And even with that, I set my alarm to every hour, on the hour, top of the hour, I stop what I'm doing, even if it's in a meeting, and I bow my head and I just say, Lord, thank you for today. Continue to open my mind to receive your word, to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church so that I may please you in my next seconds here in this meeting or in this time with you. Stop for a moment. Even if you're driving and it takes, when you're at the top of the hour, just stop and say, Lord, I love you. Let something remind you to give God time. And when you keep giving God time, you have time to do everything else in your schedule. I can go to meeting after meeting after meeting. I can do certain projects after certain projects. And yet, people say, how do you do that? They always say, do you sleep? Like I'm always up all the time? No, I go to bed after my prayer time at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I'm washed, Howard, in the bed, relaxing, <laughs> watching maybe some news or some comedy, and then I, I fall asleep. Then the Lord sometimes wakes me up. He does. I, I love it. 1 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm back in the prayer room. That's just me. It's not here to put my lifestyle on you. It's not to say, follow this plan of action. No, I'm letting you know that this minister, this man of God, does spend time, a lot of time with God. And I have time to do what I'm supposed to do for myself, take care of the temple, spend time with my family, my wife, and to just do things that I'm called to do. To be a good steward of time. To be a good steward 
of what God has called me to do. And he's called me to do several things. I run businesses, I run my ministry, and I do certain things on the sideline from voiceovers to voice um, acting. So that's known. We can just see that. So then the next question somebody would say, well, if you do all those things, what is your governing um, body of um, reminders that would give us some idea that that's what makes you tick? Meaning, what body of work, what body of literature, what, that's the Bible. <laughs> it's the Bible. But I can give you, I'm going to give you two verses or two scripture verses that really help govern my way of living. And I, I'm going to tell you, pretty much most of my closest colleagues and friends know at least one of these verses are my hallmark uh, verse for my life. And if you're curious, I'll tell you in a second here. But let me just tell you before I give them to you is this. Some people say they have to have their coffee before they can get their day started. You listen to where I'm going with this. Some people say they have to do certain, you know, things or drink or eat certain things to get their day started. I get all that. Some people say during the midday, they got to take a nap at lunchtime. I know everybody has their own thing. You know, eat right. You get, you know, you have what you eat and you drink what you drink to get you through the day. I know a lot of people drink almost two pots of coffee a day. I don't know how they do it, but you know, they drink a lot of coffee. That's what they need to get through the day. I get through the day by going into prayer. I get through the day by reading my Bible pretty much throughout the day. I just, I just That's what feeds my soul, that feeds my spirit. Then because of what the Spirit of God is teaching me, then I act upon what the Word of God has taught me so that I can get refreshed to go back to now do with the things that God called me to do. If it's pastoring in the church or preaching over here or teaching a college class or, or, or doing meetings with businesses and so on as a consultant, I do all those things. Jesus had to break away at times from his apostles and the crowd of people to go get refreshed by spending time with the Father in prayer. The Bible even talks about times that angels ministered unto the Lord. So I'm saying to you, if you look at my life and you look at other people's life and you say they're so busy and then you get critical because somebody's that busy, well, look at yourself first. If they're spending time with God and they're still doing the things that to you may seem busy and how does he do it or how does she do it, that's not your business. That's their business as long as they're doing what God has called them to do. And I'm going to tell you, it is at peace with your soul when you just stop being preoccupied and worrying how other people are living when you need to focus on how you're living and are you pleasing the Lord. So when I look at how I'm pleasing the Lord, here are the two scripture verses that I live by. I'm just going to tell you, this is these two scripture verses really speak volumes to me, okay? The first one is Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Now, we can read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. In seminary, I, I focused in on, uh, when I was studying my D-men, Doctor of Ministry, I focused on my, um, let's call it, doctoral dissertation or major paper on eschatology, which is the book of Revelation or end times. So I love end times because I see that from a prophetic sense that we're living in end times. And, and that's what drives me to want to keep studying and memorizing scripture. So from Old Testament to the New Testament, I'm always in the word and I'm studying it. Okay. Because of my studies, even through seminary. So, but Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 
We can say, well, you got to obey the commandments. We got to live by all these scripture verses. But here's what Ecclesiastes 12, 13 tells me. It says, here is the conclusion of the matter. The whole matter, meaning from Old Testament to New Testament. Here is everything that Jesus talked about. Here's what the old prophets talked about, Mosaic law. Here's everything that the Bible encapsulates. It's out of Ecclesiastes 12, 13, my scripture verse for my life. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, hear the whole matter, it says. You ready? Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Now, that's easy. Fear God, reverence God. He is holy. He is God. Fear God and obey him. Isn't that simple? So when God tells me to move, I move. When he says, do this ministry, I do that ministry. When he says through the Holy Spirit that I just had a bad thought, I said something inappropriate, I get convicted and I say, Lord, forgive me because I fear God. He's holy. So the whole sum of life, the whole philosophical way of thinking how to live can be summed up with this one verse, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. It says, here is the conclusion of everything that you've been taught. Here's the conclusion of what your mom and dad raised you on. Here's the conclusion of what you learned on the job. Here's the conclusion of what you learned in societal laws, laws and norms and values. Here's everything you've been taught in Sunday school in all your educational life. Fear God and obey his commandments. Love, forgiveness, charity, doing good things to others. Love, forgiveness, doing charity to others. Come on. That's what I live by. So when people go, how did you, how do you, how do you, how do you? Look at the word, fear God, obey his commandments. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Here's the second verse that speaks to me as well. Very close related to Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Now, before I say it, let me let me remind you again. My life is my life. Don't measure what I'm doing to what you're doing and say, how is it possible? Then get critical that you're not doing it or get critical because the results of what I'm doing bring me favor, bring me prosperity, bring me whatever it may be that you probably desire or covet. Don't get upset at me. I'm only doing what God called me to do. So do what God called you to do under Ecclesiastes 12, 13, by fearing God and obey his commandments, then you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed in all your ways. So I want to be blessed. I seek Matthew 6, 33, seek ye thing of the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and all things will be added. I mean, that's not the verse I'm going to give you, but that's me just to cite a verse to you. I'm just saying, I just want more of God. So if I'm going to live by Ecclesiastes 12, 13, then I'm going to live by Proverbs 22, verse 4. Proverbs 22, verse 4 says, By humility and the fear of God, the fear of the Lord, are riches, honor, and life. What? Yes. By living for the Lord and doing what he says, but walking in love, humility, in grace and faith. You can throw all that together. Being humble for the Lord exalts those who are humble, and he brings down those who are prideful. So when you are walking according to Proverbs 22, verse 4, in humility and the fear of the Lord, there are riches, honor, and life. Now, it's not always riches, not meaning always material things. 
That's why Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye things, the kingdom of God, and all its righteousness, and all things will be added. So I kind of partner that up with Proverbs 22.4. But the key of my life are these two verses. Again, Ecclesiastes 12.13. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Okay? Then Proverbs 22.4 says, By humility... And the fear, the conjunction, and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. So if you're watching somebody that seems to be blessed in all that they're doing, and they're walking with the fear and obedience of God and in humility, then you can't deny that God's hand is upon that person. You can't deny God's hand is on that person because they are following these verses if they're living by them. God's not going to bless somebody that's full of pride. The Bible says he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. But if you are obeying God, listen to me, friends. If you are obeying God 100%, you can go from Old Testament to New Testament. The word is full of promises that God will bless you. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, read that. For those who obey God, 15 through 35 says, here are the consequences when you disobey under Deuteronomy 28. But my scripture verses is just little reminders that God is holy, that God is for, the, for those who love him and seek his face, that God in himself, God's deity, God's trinity, God is amazing. God is holy. God is just Woo! How many say, how many say, woohoo? God's amazing. I can't even put a lot of words to it. He's that amazing. So because he's that amazing, I'm going to fear his name, fear who he is in a reverent fear, not trepidation and hiding under the covers, but the reverence that he is God. And then remember that I must obey him. And Proverbs 22, 4, 22 verse 4 says, by humility and the fear of God, fear of the Lord, are riches, honor, and life. You want to know why a person is blessed? Ask them if they follow these, these particular scripture verses. And if they tell you yes, then you need to say, okay, if it works for them, it's going to have to work for me. I'm not here to compete with you, but I'm definitely going to live by Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and I'm definitely going to follow Proverbs 22, verse 4, because I want to be blessed as well. So I hear an amen. Thanks for listening to Sharing the Word. Join me again as we discuss Bible topics that will help you live a victorious life through Jesus Christ.